0: Praise the Lord everybody. How we doing this morning? Praise God. What a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord on an awesome fall time Sunday morning. We are going to have a great service today. Who believes that God's going to speak to you this morning? Amen. Who came expecting to receive from God today? Today is your day. The Lord is going to speak to you and bless you and encourage you. It's going to be a great day. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. How do we always open up our services? By speaking words of faith over the United States of America. And we absolutely believe that America is returning to Jesus. And people are like, I don't know about all that. Hey, listen, you better step back and watch. We walk by faith, not by sight. And we are going to see a breakthrough no matter what anybody says, no matter what their opinions are. We believe that America is coming to Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and we're going to say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. Now, remain standing for a minute because we got a few things to go over. Then we'll do our meet and greet time. But first of all, you probably noticed that the walls look a little bit different in the sanctuary today. Now, half of the people are like, well, what's that? Well, it may not seem like much to you, but it's several thousands of dollars of investment that we've made. These are acoustic sound panels that will absorb the sound from bouncing off of the walls. And so we are putting a lot of resources, time, money, energy into totally revamping our sound system. We've got a new sound board that we're gonna be getting and we've got new equipment that we're gonna be installing. So it's been a big deal to us. So you don't have to come up anymore and say, Pastor Dave, did you know that the sound is crazy in there? I knew it the whole time. But guess what we are blessed and we've got these things up so we're gonna start noticing a difference there will be an adjustment period as we continue to tweak the sound, but we're very thankful for that. So it may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a really big deal around here, all right? And so another thing I want to do this morning is we're going to lift up one of our fellow local pastors this morning. Uh, Pastor Maddox from uh, Crossroads Assembly texted me and told me that Pastor Green from New Life uh, has uh, been admitted to the hospital uh, with uh, COVID and is, uh, you know, really uh, it's trying to take him pretty hard. So... We are his family, amen. We are the body of Christ and we're gonna lift up our fellow pastor and our brother this morning and we're gonna see the Lord work in his body and healing come to him and his wife and we are there for them, amen. So let's raise our hands together and pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Pastor Green to you today, God, and Lord, we know that healing belongs to him. He is a covenant child of God, even before he's a preacher. And so, God, I say in the name of Jesus that you are working in his body right now, driving out this sickness. It shall not claim his life, it shall not do permanent damage and mess with him for years to come. We say he is a hundred percent healed by the stripes of Jesus, according to First Peter two twenty four. Lord, you said in Psalm 107 verse 20 that you sent your word to heal them and deliver them from all affliction. And so we speak healing into his body and his wife's body right now. And we claim a 100% recovery in the mighty name of Jesus. We believe it. And we look forward to hearing the testimony very, very soon in Jesus name. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. All right. Well, what we're going to do is this. Hey, uh, we're going to have our meet and greet time. And if you're new, you're like, well, what's that? Or maybe you haven't been here for a while. We're going to take a few minutes to go around, shake some hands, slap some high fives. And if you're comfortable with it, you can give a hug. Now you got to know the Christian hugs. Listen, you slide in from the side and you just give the little blessing pat right on the back pat pat right that's how you do amen and if you don't want to hug then just say hey you know what god bless you you're awesome but you got to know that we are a family and we are huggers around here if you and if you're uncomfortable that's fine we won't put you on the spot just wave and we'll back off all right anyway we love you let's go say hello to the family for a few minutes today. let's do this come on
1: membership class four to seven. Okay. So membership class, praise the Lord. Lots of you have signed up, but this is what I need to tell you. If you are interested in what the church believes, or you want to know more about what the church believes or what we do here, then just come four to seven. You can just come. We'll have copies for you. And it's okay if you're not signed up, but if you have signed up, be there or we'll hunt you down. Um, so, oh, oh, and apparently pastor Dave, we'll have snacks for you, which, which means you're coming. Cause there's food. Hey, listen, we know what happens after you believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus, and then you chase the free food. It's just how that works, right? If I say food, you come. It's the way it goes. Anyway, membership four to seven today. Um, Also, very soon, Christmas play practice is starting for our children. And we're actually having a Christmas program this year. (laughs) That's a really big deal. Praise the Lord. And um, Thanksgiving is coming. Which is important because we're going to have our giant church Thanksgiving again. And you can bring your own food. So there will be a sign up beginning the first Sunday in November. So I'm not putting it out yet because we're trying to accomplish Harvest Fest, okay? So we'll finish up Harvest Fest and then we'll head towards Thanksgiving. So that will be a sign up at the beginning of November. So then backtrack a little bit. Harvest Fest is coming. And there's some cool testimonies I want to share with you. So budget wise 650 has come in so far. Thank you Jesus that's a really big deal. If you would like to make a donation you can do that during offering or online but we had this week like 80 90 percent of all the hot dogs donated um, from the marine base this week so and they're all beef okay? Yeah, that's a really big deal. So they're all beef and so what we don't have in keeping in that theme um, we're going to be able to just go buy and match them so, that we're not mixing like R-S with all beef, you know. Anyway, you get to have the nice hot dogs this year. And we have um, all the cook- cookies and drinks are all signed up for and good. Um, however, we need to address chips. Those of you who signed up to bring chips, you need to pray for Frito-Lay. And I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. So Frito-Lay is having a hard time getting out their individual chips. It's a legit shortage thing. So... If you have had trouble in your own life for getting chips for lunches, which I have, you know that Frito-Lay is having a hard time. So when you walk down the chip aisle, you say, Lord Lord bless Frito-Lay. That's just what you do. And seriously, it works, okay? Now, for Harvest Fest, get generic. Get individual anything. Just bring individual bags of something, okay? Cheez-Its, um trail mix I don't care individual bags so we're not putting all of our grimy hands into one bag of chips cool so as long as you've signed up for that you can just buy individual something we're not picky it's all good and the last thing I need to know is Friday the 29th the setup crew sign up is all teenagers and I love them but they're going to be in school that day okay So so I will put them to work in the evenings prior to that to make the work less because they really enjoy serving the Lord. And I love that we have teenagers here who love God. And so that's a huge ordeal. And they're bringing their friends and eight of them got saved last week and five of them got filled with the Holy Ghost. Anyway, I love teenagers. So anyway, I won't rant, rant, rant about that, but we have great teenagers here. In addition to that... They have all agreed to serve and help set up for Harvest Fest, but they'll be in school that day. So, if at 9:30 on Friday the 29th, 9:30 to noon, if you could be here to help me set up, can you raise your hand? Now. Okay. However, right now, write that down or put it in your phone. Okay? Friday the 29th. If you raise your hand, then right now you're putting that information in your calendar. Friday the 29th, 9:30 to noon. I appreciate you also very, 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 very much. Very much. Susan. Doug. Hi, Doug online. We love you. I love you, cookie, in case we don't say hi. We have speaking of online. I skipped that announcement. Pastor Dave always wants all of us to know that if you're not in church, you get your face in church, okay? Get your heart and your mind and your your spirit in church if you're not physically here. But we have this amazing online family who is out of state, um, and they join us all the time. So when we are praising the Lord, they are praising the Lord with us. And if you are not here, then you can't with them. And be online and praise the Lord with us. Make sure that you're watching online. Well, praise the Lord. Today is Mission Sunday, and Pastor has got a good report for us and offering. Ready to roll? Praise the Lord.
2: Very cute daughter. <laughs> Isn't Katie awesome? Hey Amen. She's my daughter in law, but she's also my daughter. That's not incest. I call her daughter because she's like a daughter, too, because so i got to watch what I say, how I say it. But, but Katie is something else. Isn't she? She's a ball of fire. She's anointed. She's gifted. And it's because of people like Pastor Dave and Katie and a lot of you that this church does what it does. We're all gifted in different ways. Amen. She doesn't just have the gift of gab. She's anointed. <laughs> Amen. There's a difference between the gift of gab and somebody that's anointed when they talk, and she is it. Well, glory to God. Isn't it so wonderful to be here in the house of God? Amen. Amen. I just, I, just think, I just think about how wonderful it is to have a church that teaches the Bible, people that live the Bible, and also we know about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God for the Holy Ghost. Do you know that, that Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father? And the Father is in heaven. And the only representative of the Godhead on earth is the Holy Ghost. And he lives in people. He lives in us. It's so good to be a part of a church that teaches about the Holy Ghost. You know, I I think about a church building like this. Man, where's this coming from? I'm taking up an offering. But I'm looking out at all of you. I've looked at the fear of the world today. And God didn't give us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the power comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. We don't deny the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so that's why we're here. When we leave, this building's empty. The Holy Ghost doesn't dwell in buildings. He dwells dwells in people. We come in, this place is filled with the power of God. When we leave and walk out, it's empty. It's just a building. Amen. You've got to know that. The power of God's in you. We're going to talk about that when we do the the offering here in just a minute. Open up to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20, I'm going to show you something about your prosperity and what belongs to you and how to make sure you release it. And then at the same time, uh, the, we're just briefly going to talk about missions. Missions is a big part of our success. Jesus told me years ago as a baby pastor to help him reach the world, he'd help me reach my part of the world. If you're a Christian, you love people everywhere. You don't have any enemies with people that may want to make themselves your enemies. But we walk in love. We walk in faith. We pray for people. And if I had an enemy, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go to hell. Earth is just temporal. Eternity is forever. And so I pray for people and I bless people and I love people and I help people. But we love the people of the world. But I'm not assigned to the whole world as a pastor. I'm assigned to the high desert of Southern California. And so I want all the power of God All the resources God has available to me to use in this church to reach your families, your co-workers, your friends, your enemies. And so the more resources we have, the more outreach we can do. And at the same time, the more resources we have, the better we fix up our facilities and do what God wants to do to make room for your families, your friends, and your people. And so the whole kingdom works on seed time and harvest. And so as we help missionaries reach their part of the world that God's assigned them to, that we sow seed there, God sends harvest here. And to put it in a nutshell, that's that's my number one heart's thing about missions, is that I love people, but I'm accountable for this region. And as you reach out to your families and get them to come to church, I want to make sure there's a good church here for them. And so the way I can guarantee that is to tell you that sowing and reap is not because we want to help the uh, Less, less privileged people of the world, we do want to help them. But we also got motive too. We know we're helping them to help us. Amen. That's how this works. But I want you to look at, oh, by the way, if you need an envelope, hold up your hand. We have some very anointed men of gray. I mean, men of God. <laughs> that's, that's the missionaries. Robert made that the official uniform. Right, Robert? Robert likes gray. So anyway, uh, you know it's not black and white. Black or white is gray here. We do have a gray area. It's called the Usher team. Uh, how's he get this funny stuff going? I don't know. It just comes with the personality. But uh, you know, you, you make up what if you're doing checks or cars, whatever if you're doing. Do one one for missions, and one for the ties and offerings. But Ephesians three twenty. Now I'm going to show you some things you probably never caught here. And I want to tell you, for the times we live in, if you're having trouble putting gas in your car, buying bacon, how many know bacon went up a bunch? It takes faith to even find bacon, my wife told me now. And and milk, school clothes, whatever you need right now, do you know that it's getting tough out there? It's getting tight again? Well, we're in a spiritual warfare, no doubt about it. And I was was talking to uh, Lawrence this morning, I said, of all the things going on right now, there's a lot of pawns being used. And they're mad at politicians, they're mad at other people, but the thing is the devil's one behind the whole scheme to destroy people. And so there's a lot of pawns out there being used, they don't know it. I'm not a pawn, I'm a believer. I'm not going to be deceived, I'm not going to be used by the devil, and so I know, I know how these things work, and Ephesians 3.20 is a big one that the Lord, I've been meditating on it lately, God's, God's done some big things in me and Mrs. Pastor's lives, or it's Mrs. Pastor and I, in our lives. She wanted to be an English teacher, never went that far, but she corrects me all the time, I'm her student. So I wanted to make sure I said that right, so when I left here, I didn't want to be corrected to get a C plus or something. Okay. Ephesians 3.20 says, now listen to this, down to him, that's talking about the Father that is able to do, that is able to do, now I'm going to talk about that, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. A lot of Christians quote that part of the verse, but the very, very most important, the trigger for the whole verse is this next phrase, according to the power that worketh in us. He's able to, but it's according to the power that worketh in us. Now, let me tell you what that means so you'll get this. We're a faith church. We teach faith. And how many want to know how faith works? He said, according to the power that worketh in you. Now, if he would have just said, according to the power that's in you, he's able to exceed abundantly above all we ask or think. Then glory to God, we got it made. I'm born again. I've baptized in the Holy Ghost. I've got the Word of God in my heart. And so I've got the power of God in me. That's not what he said. He said, according to the power that you let work in you. Every born again Christian that has the Holy Ghost has the power of God. But do you know, this building right here has the power of Edison coming into it. But you know that power doesn't work until they turn the switch. The power comes right up to the building. And until they flip that switch back here turn these lights on, we're in the dark. If it's 120 degrees outside, 115 degrees, we have some awesome, awesome, God-paid-for new units on the roof. Until they turn the thermostat switch, it's hot. Amen. In the winter time, it gets just as cold in here. But we've got the power right up to the units. But until they turn the switch, the power isn't benefiting us. It's only according to the power that worketh when you turn the switch. You... Control the switch for that power that's in your life. How many here believe you have the power of God in you because you're born again Christians? Amen. Well, do you remember that Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, wait to receive the Holy Ghost and you shall receive power? That's what he said Acts chapter 1. And then also in uh, Romans chapter 1, it says that the gospel in you is the power of God unto salvation. And so the power comes through the Holy Ghost and through the Word of God that gets in your heart. And so there's two things you do to turn that switch on. Number one, you've got to be a person who knows how to talk right. You've got to be able to say, that's why we do a financial faith confession, you've got to speak words of faith out of your mouth that God is rebuking the devourer for you as a tither. You've got to speak out of your mouth That God's windows of heaven are open on your family as a tither. That God's causing blessing in your life. And then number two, you turn that switch on. you got to do what the Word of God says to do. Amen. Do you know the Bible says, forgive and you shall be forgiven? Who turns that forgiveness on? You do. When you forgive your enemies that have have sinned against you, the Bible says forgive them so you'll be forgiven. You control the forgiveness. Amen. You know, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. God told you how the switch works. God didn't say lay your head on them. He didn't say put your foot on them. He said you lay their hands on them. And then you lay your hands on the sick, you activated the power because you turned the switch on. Well, how do you think you activate the power of God for your finances? Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Tithes and offerings. And you know, I'm not preaching money. I'm preaching faith. Why is that? Well, for one thing, for 42 years, my wife and I, in the kingdom of God, have been tithers. And we give to missions. What do we do? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And people like to say, God's doing exceeding, but above all. that I ask or think, well, wait a minute. Is the power working in you? Are you turning the switch on by bringing your tithe into God? Are you turning the switch on of talking right about what God's doing for you? Now, look at that verse again. I want to make sure you see that. He said, according to the power that worketh, not according to the power that you have. So get that. You've got the power. You've got to turn the switch on. And so I want to say this, at the price of gasoline right now, I cannot comprehend my understanding how the other day I took a little car into the gas station and put $60 in it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, just a few months ago, it only took $40, it's taking $60 now. Well, that's an extra $20 I could have had for my family, an extra $20 I could have had for other things. But I realize that the power of God's working in my finances because I'm a tither. I'm a giver. So I just want to say this. If I were a born-again Christian that knows about tithing in the times we live in, there's no way, shape, or form I'd let the devil tell me you can't afford to tithe. I'd say, Satan, get behind me because I can't afford not to tithe because I need all the blessing of God of my money I can get because I want the exceeding abundantly above all i can ask or think in my family amen and i'll tell you what the reason i think about that verse so much uh, i got a testimony coming real soon some exceeding abundant that god is doing in my life i mean really exceeding abundant and i've been looking at that verse over and over again thinking lord that's what you're doing i look back over the last years last several years of my life I know you've been setting me up for what you're doing right now, but this verse, I was looking at it I thought, I've got to share this verse with the congregation because they've got to know they've got the potential for God to do great things in their life, but it won't work unless they do what the Bible says to do. Amen? And so that, that's how it works. And so for our missions offering, you know, we picked up Ron and Annette Thiessen this year. We've, we've supported them in different ways for a few years, but we finally put them on as missionaries that we're supporting and uh, they're, they're, they're the Latin American missions directors that housed your pastor for several days when the pandemic broke out and I was locked in the jungle down in the nation of Peru. These guys took me in, they fed me, they clothed me, they doctored me when some things were going on I needed help with, they took care of me. They were here about a month ago. And then also uh, all the regular people who know Liz and Dana Niles, they're the world missions directors for our organization. And they're all on they're the Amazon River right now. They, they were able to get back in there to go up the Amazon River to some jungle pastors. haven't seen anybody for a while. And so they're taking the gospel to them and some other things. That's who we support. So when we pick them up, I knew in my heart the Lord wanted me to increase my monthly plans that my wife and I do for, for the missions thing. So we upped ours a notch to give more to help do what we're going to do to help these people. So all, all I said back then, I'll say it now. If uh, God moves on your heart to give more because we're supporting more missionaries now, they just listen to your heart. We never ever tell somebody, hey, you have to do this because that's between you and God what you do. The tithe always belongs to God. You never have to pray, do I tithe because God said to tithe. But on offerings, he told you to do what's in your heart to do and sometimes he puts something in your heart and you know it. But if you don't know it, then sometimes you just do it by faith because you want to. So the whole, whole bottom line is, we are programmed for success for the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Amen. We're programmed for success, but we always control the switch of how much we succeed in life. Amen? Well, let's make let's make our financial faith confession, and then we'll break our tithes offerings up to the altar, worship God up here if you want to, and then we're going to see God do great things today. How many are ready for that? I assure him. Am. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm glad we got two teenagers excited about everything. Brittany, welcome home. We've been praying for you, girl. Welcome home. We've been praying for you. Amen. Okay. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs. I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give ministry to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Okay, join us up here at the altar and let's worship the Lord together on today. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
3: Amen. Step out of the shadows, step out of the grave, break into the wild, and don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Come out of the dark, just as you are, into the fullness of His love. Oh, For Open space, praise waiting for you. Just like the weight has been lifted. Praise waiting, where the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom, where the spirit of the Lord out of the dark just as you are into the fullness of his love Oh, the spirit is here let there be freedom let there be freedom yes lord we are free today in christ jesus where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom there is liberty thank you lord Chains will fall. Prison shake at the
4: sound of Jesus' name. Lives made
3: whole. Hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Chains will fall. Chains will fall. Prison shake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lives made whole. Hearts awake at the sound of Jesus' name. Lord, no banding, no nothing can keep
4: us down where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting
3: for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. to my down that you were faithful then you'll be you are faithful then, oh. now that you were faithful Psalm 27, and he said to inquire in his temple, and I just want to sing this out today. The more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you.
0: Presence of the Lord this morning, Amen, Amen. And the good news is, is that you, as a child of God, are welcome to come right into God's presence. You don't have to rely on the preacher to go down there for you. You don't have to rely on somebody else. You can go into the presence of God. And, and there's a verse that was coming to my mind as they were uh, singing there, but Psalm 16:11 in the King James it says, "Thou wilt show me the path of life." In thy presence is fullness of joy. Amen. And so, if you need joy, where do you need to go? You need to go to get into the presence of God, because there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. Amen. If you need peace, if Satan has been messing with your mind and your emotions, you need to get in to the presence of God. There's fullness of joy. There's peace in his presence amen and so um katie and i was on our heart hey i'm gonna have them sing just a little bit more this morning but if you have needed some joy if you have needed some peace if satan has come and tried to mess with your mind and your emotions and try to get one over on you hey we're gonna try to get you free today we're not gonna try we're gonna do it in the name of jesus amen amen Hallelujah. But I'm just telling you now, in his presence, is fullness of joy, if you need a little bit of that right now, I encourage you to come on up. We're going to lay hands on you in the presence of God. And if you need a little breakthrough, it's going to happen today in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and lead us in that again, please. Amen. Come on up if you need that today.
3: We raise our faith to meet you there. You're in the business of miracles. We raise our faith to meet you there. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. It is in
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm just glad that I don't go to a church that says, hey, we've got to schedule a meet here. We aren't going to make it down there to Popeye's Chicken if we pray for people. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm going to get my spicy today, but it's going to wait till after this. So I'm telling you right now. We always have time for the things of God. Amen. And so when God wants to do something, hey, I don't come to church to tell God how to do his job. I come and say, hey, God, tell us what you need done today. Amen. And so can we give the Lord one more great big shout of praise today? Hallelujah. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. I'm excited to get into the word of God today. And I'm going to kind of tag on to what I talked about last Sunday if you were here. And really um I guess to catch you up a little bit, we'll do a little rewind here. So a couple weeks ago, I wake up, and I got a little stomach pain. And I'm like, hey, that's not normal because I don't live like that. And so I was like, uh, I called the doctor. and They said, well, guess what? We scanned you, and you've got appendicitis. So we're just going to cut you open and take this thing out. I said, all right, let's do it. And so they did this uh, surgery, and it was cool. It was fun and all this. But as I'm laying there, uh, you know, just one thing keeps coming to my mind the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and i love the 23rd psalm i would say outside of john 316 uh it's probably the most well known chapter in the entire bible people that don't even really Know the Lord, people that don't even really have a desire to know the Lord, they know the 23rd Psalm because it's been said so much. And so, with that being said, I I always caution that you may may be like, I've I've heard this since I was uh, two years old. I was hoping to come and get some heavy Revy today, you know, some revelation, something real deep. And I'm telling you right now, you can't handle the deeper things of God until you start to really walk out and appreciate. And, 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 and enjoy the more simple things of God. And I'm, and I'm going to talk about the 23rd Psalm again today. The title is this, The Lord is My Shepherd, Part 2, right? And, and so I want to dig in to the 23rd Psalm. But as I've been just meditating on this chapter, as I've been reading this and, and, and letting it go through my heart and my mind over the last couple of weeks, God has just been really speaking to me on the inside and bringing things to my mind and and teaching me things. And I love that because uh, if the Lord really is your shepherd, you love the 23rd Psalm. If God's not really much of your shepherd, you're like, oh, that's cute. But hey, football starts at noon. I got places to go. Hurry up, preacher. You know what I mean? And so uh, listen to me, though. I'm going to retell a story that I told last week just because I feel like I should, but my dad always told this story whenever he was talking on the 23rd Psalm. And so there was a gathering, there was a convention of ministers, and, and, and you know there was just all sorts of different preachers there that had gathered for this convention. And so they thought it would be cool to have the deepest, most educated PhD theology guy get up there and like, you know, Dr. So-and-so, would you bless us with the 23rd Psalm? And so Mr. Educated gets up there, and, you know, I'm not against education, but sometimes uh, people are so educated that it's all up here and it's not in here. And I'd rather listen to somebody that has the word in their heart somebody that's got it in their mind and so mr phd gets up there and in his most professional religion you ever notice some of those guys they just got this their voice totally changes when it comes time you know to pray or read the bible and so you know they call him up there dr so-and-so could you read the 23rd psalm the lord is my shepherd i shall not want He maketh me, maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And he gets up there and reads it in just the most, you know, whatever voice that he can. And the whole room falls asleep by the time he finishes those six simple verses. And if you're deep and you're all this, but you put people to sleep, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. And so he gets up there, and, and then later on they're like, well, uh, we want to bring one of the young guys. So, so they bring, you know, the rookie up there, the rookie guy that, you know, he's new to this, but all he knows is he loves the Lord. And so he gets up there and he's like, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water, and he reads it, and it wasn't in a professional deep voice. It wasn't because he had three PhDs in theology and divinity. He just read it, and the presence of God sweeps over the entire room, and God touches every person there. And people are like, what happened? Well, what happened is the Lord really was his shepherd. And I'm telling you, some of the stuff that we say, it may not mean much to you if the Lord's not your shepherd. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, you tell me something I don't know. But if the Lord really is your shepherd... I can read these verses you've heard a million times, and God on the inside of your heart about brings you to tears because you're like, my God, you really are my shepherd. You really do lead me. You really do guide me. You've healed me. You've restored my family. You've given me a job. You've done it all for me, and it makes you excited. So can I ask this morning, is there anybody in here that the Lord really is your shepherd? Amen. You're not just saying it because you're sitting here amongst us, but the Lord really is your shepherd. Amen. And so what I'm going to do today, I'm going to open us up to the 23rd Psalm. Can we get that up there today? Amen. The 23rd Psalm. Who's excited about the word of God this morning? I'm excited. I get excited every time that the Bible is presented, but here we go. We're going to look at the 23rd Psalm and you know, I, I love it in so many translations. But I definitely learned this in the King James. And so I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. And I, I really love sometimes the beauty of the King James. And, uh, and so it's, it's so beautifully written and poetical. But look at this, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, what does that mean? That simply means I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything else. And sometimes, yeah, the Lord's my shepherd, but I need more money. The Lord's my shepherd, but I need a girlfriend. The Lord's my shepherd, but I need this. And that's, hey, you know, whatever. But until you get to this point where you realize the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need right there. I don't need Jesus plus this and Jesus plus that. He's everything that I need. And, yeah, he'll bring the things into my life. Who in here Jesus brought you your job and you know it? You're not smart enough to work down there. Come on. (laughs) But listen, you're there because the Lord brought you that job. Amen. Who in here? You're married because the Lord brought you your spouse. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The Lord did that for you. You shall not want. You've got everything that you need. Look at this next verse, verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And so, listen again, I said this last week, but someone will ask you, well, brother, is the glass half empty or is it half full? I'm like, speak for yourself, Jack. My cup runneth over. Amen. It's not half empty. It's not half full. My cup runneth over. I've got every good thing that I need because the Lord is my shepherd. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. That's good news. That's the gospel. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to break down three more ways that the Lord is your shepherd and that the shepherd leads you. And I pray that you'll open your heart today to let the Lord speak to you. I pray that you'll let God do his work in your life this morning. And so I'm going to pray over us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you are our shepherd. God, I know that you want to lead us beside those still waters. You want to take us to the green pastures. And Lord, I pray that we will allow you to do your work in our lives today. And we will open our hearts to you. And we thank you, Father, that you're going to speak to us in a great big way today and change us because we don't want to stay the same. We want to be better. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to dig in here to the word of God. And I'm going to talk about three ways that the good shepherd takes care of you and three things that the good shepherd does for you. Number one, the good shepherd leads. Number one, the good shepherd leads leads us, and you're like, well, I don't know about that, but look at this, Psalm 23, I'm going to look here at, at verse 2 again, if you've got your Bible, they're going to get it on the screen for you in a minute, so give them a second, but if you've got your Bible, I want you to open that up, and do you realize that it's even better to have your own Bible than to just trust what everybody else puts out there? Some of you are looking at me like, "How could that be?" I, I, I found it on the internet, so I know that it's true. Because now, listen to me. Listen, you may be better to rely on your own Bible sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And I like having it on my phone, but I like it, having it a lot better in a hard copy. Amen. Because hey, if they would shut down the app someday, I've still got this with me. Hallelujah. All right. So Psalm 23, verse 2. I'm in the New King James. It says, "He makes me to lie down in green pastures." Look at this he, what does he do? He leads me beside the still waters. Verse three, he restores my soul. What does he do? He leads me. All right. Hey, you don't got the screen. You got your Bible. Listen to me. What does he do? He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. And so there's two times, just in those first couple of verses right there, that it specifically says that if the Lord's your shepherd, he will lead you. And so i got to tell you this morning that if you're one of his sheep, if he's your shepherd, you need to be expecting the Lord to lead you. He leads you. And a lot of times people, they miss out on it because... Uh, well, it's hard to listen to the voice of the Lord if you've already made up your mind on what you wanted him to say in the first place. Thank you. I don't, Hey, well, that's, that's good, right? That's good. <laughs> and so listen to me. Listen. If you've already made up, God, tell me what to do. I, you know, I'm believing you for your direction and guidance, but I already know what I'm going to do anyway. But God, you just tell me. And then when God tells you something that doesn't line up with what you already thought that he was supposed to tell you, it's hard to follow the voice of the Lord because you aren't, you're just looking for him to affirm your plans. You're just looking for him to, to put his stamp of approval on what you wanted to do anyway. And then if he doesn't agree with you, you just do what you wanted to do anyway. And, that, and, then, and then we get ourselves in trouble and we're like, yeah, but it said the Lord is my shepherd. And, and it said that he keeps his angels charge over me. And he says that he has good in plan for me and that, and that it's not disaster. Listen. That's all true. He does have good plans for you. He does have plans to give you a hope and a future, like Jeremiah 29, 11 said. But you can't just go out there living crazy and then expect all this good stuff to happen. You've got to listen to the voice of the Lord. And so a few things about this, that when the Lord leads you, there's a few things you need to know. First of all, the shepherd sees and knows things that the sheep don't know. Have you figured that out yet, that God sees things and God knows some things that you don't see and know? Have you figured that out yet? He sees things and knows things that you don't know. And oftentimes, the directions that God's given us, they don't make much sense. You ever felt the Lord telling you something in your heart and you're like, I mean, that's not how I saw that playing out. That's not really what I was thinking. But listen, oftentimes, He may be speaking something to your heart that may not make a whole lot of sense to you, but it's because he sees things down the road that you can't see. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And so I was thinking about this. You know, I've ridden in semis before. My dad used to be a truck driver. And and so as a kid, it was cool because you're sitting in a semi, you're way up high. And I noticed that you can see things a lot further down the road than everybody else that's down there in a sedan. And, you know, you guys make fun of me, but I proudly drive a Prius. And so in my Prius, it's great. Hey, you know what? You can... Laugh at my 40-something miles a gallon all day long. I'll take it, amen? But anyway, it's, uh, so when I'm in the Prius, I'm down here like at ground level. I'm really, I'm down, down like this level. And so I can't see very far, okay? I get great gas mileage, but I can't see very far at all. And and and, and when and, and so sometimes I'm like, well, why is everybody coming to a stop? I can't see that far down the road. But if I'm in a semi with my dad, I can clearly see, oh, wait, yeah, there's something going on way up there. And those guys, they're, they're honking their horns and complaining but. They don't know that there was a wreck up there. I can see it. I can see down the road because I've got a higher view. And then sometimes, on top of that, I've been in airplanes, right? We've been in airplanes. And in an airplane, you've got a whole other view. You can not only see a few miles down there, you can see hundreds of miles ahead because you've got a really high view. Think about this. Do you think that God sitting up in heaven can see things down the road that you can't see right now? He can see 20 years down the road, 200 years down, 2,000 years down the road. You can't see 20 seconds down the road. You have no idea what's going to happen 20 seconds from now. I could do a cartwheel and breakdance, and you have no idea that it's coming. Actually, no, that's not going to happen. I'll tell you, now, that's, that won't be happening. But at the same time, you have no idea what's going to happen even 20 seconds from now. And here we are, God's saying, no, 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 don't do that. Stop. You don't, I'm telling you now, don't do that. There's, and you're like, ah, pshh. Uh, no, 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 no. This job pays $500. I, I got to do it. No, no, no. And you're pushing against the voice of God on the end. He's trying to lead you, but you're fighting it because you don't know why he's telling you that. But he sees, no, listen, I know that six months down the road, they're getting ready to lay everybody off that they hire over there. And you're going to give up what you have right now because you're relying on your own understanding. The shepherd sees things that you don't see. He knows things that you don't know, and the shepherd wants to lead you, but you're going to have to listen to his voice. A guy that I went to Bible college with, he actually graduated uh, two, a year before, two years before before me, but anyway, I, I knew him because he worked for the church there at Rayma in, in Oklahoma, and he, he told his story one day, and I'm like, my gosh, this guy dodged the biggest catastrophe American history. And so uh, so this man, he had graduated and got a degree in accounting and he had applied and got his dream job. He was going to start September of 2001 in the World Trade Center Tower number two. And he was scheduled to start. And like a month before he was going to start, God was like, nope, don't go. I want you to go to Bible college and become a preacher. And he's like, Prah! No way. I just got this four-year degree. I just landed my dream job. No. And so God's just tugging him on the inside. Don't take that job. And it made no sense at all. I mean, here, rolling right into six figures, rolling, you know, 20 years ago, that meant something. He's rolling into his dream job, and he's finally like, you know what? I trust you, and I don't understand it, but I trust you anyway. He declines the job. Doesn't move to New York, moves to Tulsa, Oklahoma, enrolls in Bible college, and we start school in September around there, turns on the TV September 11th, 2001, and watches, oh my God, falls to his knees. That was going to be me right there. Don't you think that the shepherd potentially knows more than what you know? Don't you think sometimes, even if we're like, no, that doesn't make any sense, he's saying, just trust me anyway, I see something that you don 't see. I know something that you don't know, and if we 've got too much pride, if we think that we as a little sheep know more than the shepherd, we could get ourselves into some trouble and then blame the shepherd anyway isn't that the i mean i can 't stand that well well uh, t- He says that he'll protect us. He says that he tried everything he could do to get your attention, and you pushed it aside anyway. Because one thing about the shepherd, he's not going to force you to do something. You have choice. Choose you this day who you will serve. Amen? You know, and, and Moses said in Deuteronomy 30, I've said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. There's a lot of power in your choice, sheep. Amen. I'm, I, well, you're a sheep. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm a sheep. Amen. I follow the shepherd, the good shepherd. Amen. And so there's a lot of power in your choice. You can choose to serve him or you can flat out choose not to serve him, but you got to own up to the consequences either way. Amen. And so I want you to see about about uh, if you're listening to the shepherd, he sees things you don't know. And another good thing is the shepherd goes ahead of the sheep to smooth out the pathway. Look at this verse, Isaiah 26 and verse 7. Isaiah 26 and verse 7. Praise the Lord. Are you still with me today? Who's glad they came to church? Amen. I'm glad I came to church. I can't, you know, I've told you I can't stand I, I can't stand it. It would drive me up the wall if I'm not at church on a Sunday. If I'm on vacation, I will find a church to go to. If I'm if I'm just not, I, I cannot stand not being in the house of the Lord on a Sunday. That is, I mean, that's just like a, a form of, of cruel torture to me. <laughs> we had that surgery a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to church anyway. They can drag me in there, but I can't not be there on a Sunday. There's just, it just I can't stand it. So Isaiah 26, verse 7 in the NLT, it says, But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. Are there any righteous people in the house today? It's not conceited to say that. Just so you know, you may be thinking, well, I want to raise my hand, but that might sound like I'm, I'm bragging. No, no, we know that you're not self-righteous. We get that. You're righteous because 2 Corinthians 5 says that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I will boldly and proudly say, yes, David Samples is a righteous man because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you're not going to catch me saying, well, the way is steep and rough. How's it going, Pastor Dave? Steep and rough. It's hard out there. Times is tough for everybody. I'm not going to say junk like that because for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. Yeah, we go through some things. Yeah, we've got some mountains and some obstacles that we go through. But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. Why? Because you are a God who does what is right. And check this out. You smooth out the path ahead of them. God goes before me and he smooths out the path ahead of me. And I love that. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, praise God, but he's also the end. He goes in front of me, and he follows behind me. I'm surrounded with favor on every side because of the good shepherd. Amen? And so he smooths out the path ahead of me. Now, notice that this verse in Isaiah 26, it also rings true with what we read in Psalm 23, because Psalm 23, verse 3, it says, he leads us in the paths of what? Of righteousness. Notice the key word in these two verses, righteous and righteousness. Any path that the Lord leads you to, it will always be the righteous path. God is never going to lead you in a way that's not a righteous way. And if you're going someplace that's not righteous, don't expect God to smooth out the path ahead of you. God, I'm going down here to the club on Saturday night. I pray that you'll just smooth out the path ahead of me in the name of Jesus. Don't pray that junk. You don't belong there. He's not going to smooth out the path ahead of you. We're talking about he leads us in paths of righteousness. Amen. For those who are righteous, he smooths out the path ahead of them. Amen. Well, God, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to watch this movie. And I know it's got all sorts. It's got murder and killing and, 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 and Lord, adultery and fornication and, and blowing and blah, 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 blah. Well, I just pray for safe travels on the way down there to the theater. Hold your prayer, bud. I'm not praying for you on that one. Listen, he leads us in paths of righteousness. And so maybe sometimes we got to examine, hey, uh, why is this not blessed? Why why is God, why is, why is everything rocky and rough and brutal? And it's none of the, none of this. Listen, maybe we need to examine the path that we're heading down. And so he leads us in the paths of righteousness. So you can look really good. No, for his name's sake. Do you want to bring honor to the name of the Lord? I mean, that's my number one goal and desire in life is to bring honor to his name. He doesn't lead me in paths of righteousness for my name's sake, for only for my blessing. He does it for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are right there beside me. Every step of the way. And so you need to know that... God will never lead you to do something that's not holy and that's not righteous. I've had people tell me, well, I, God's leading me to, to date this, this, this girl or this man. They're not Christian. Uh, they, you know, they, they don't really have no interest in God, but he's super, super good looking. So I really feel that it's the Lord leading me down this path right now. I'm going to have to call your bluff, sister, that he's not going to lead you to do something that's not righteous and holy and that conflicts his word. You know, I know God, I believe God's calling me to date her because, uh, you know, I could really be a witness. You can witness to her without dating her. But I'll just uh, news flash from heaven. The word tells us in the New Testament, no less, that we are not to be unequally hooked up together with unbelievers. If you are a sold out, committed, born again Christian, he's not leading you to date an atheist. You're mean over there. If you think that's mean, I don't think that's mean, but it's the truth. Okay. He's not going to lead you to hook up with somebody that is not going to lead you closer to God and don't I'm not even going to pray for that relationship. I'm not being mean, but listen to me. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for those who are righteous. He smooths out the path ahead of them. Amen. I can tell this is a popular word this morning. You guys are loving this. It's only going to get better, friends. It is only going to get better. Or how about man, I'm praying for this job over here and and listen, it's going to make it to where I can't really go to church anymore. I'm not going to see my family and stuff, but my gosh, it pays four an hour. You know what? My family is worth more to me than $46 an hour. Or whatever, you know, whatever it is. My faith and this, my church family, you people, my family, you're worth more to me than $500 an hour. If somebody came and said, you know what? We just need you to do this job right here. You're going to be a professional food taster, which I am good at. It's going to pay, you know, it's going to pay this much money. But here's the deal. It's only on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, you know, we're gonna, you're not really going to see your family or your kids much anymore. But listen, you're going to make so much money. I'm going to say, take your money. My family's not for sale. My faith isn't for sale. My church isn't for sale. Amen? You can't serve both God and money anyway, according to Matthew chapter 6. Money, it's a great servant, but it's a lousy master. And if money is calling the shots in your life, you're a slave to money. Because you can't serve both God and money. And so I say, take your money. My family is worth a lot more than any dollar amount in this world. And my faith and my church family, they mean more to me than all the money in the world. So you can just take it, and I'll find something else to do. Amen? But anything the shepherd's leading you to do is not going to lead you further from God. It's going to lead you closer to God. And here's two. I'm going to give you something that you need right now. There's... Two really important things to remember when following the voice of the shepherd. And one is, his voice always lines up with his word. Always. God will never tell you to do something that does not line up with his word. Always know that. So if you're presented with something like, oh, I don't know if this is God or not, what what does the Bible say about it? And if the Bible is clearly against it, then clearly that's not the voice of the shepherd. That's the voice of somebody else. But another thing that you need to realize is the voice of the shepherd, a lot of times, isn't the loudest voice that you're hearing. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times, the voice of God is not always the loudest voice that you're hearing. You may have some friends in your life that got some really loud, obnoxious voices. Anybody, you got some obnoxious friends? Don't raise- No, no, I'm just (laughs) Okay, all right. You know, it's good, it's good, it's good. Are they in this room right now? We want to know. No. (laughs) identify yourself now listen to me but sometimes you've got some friends with some loud and obnoxious voices and they're trying to tell you no you need to do this and they're basically yelling it you may have some family let's hear it for obnoxious family just because we've all got that everybody come on let's hear it for yeah we love them all right praise god yeah good stuff we love them we love them they may be crazy they may put the fun in dysfunction but listen to me they are we love them they're our family and we love them but praise the lord so oftentimes, though, the voice of the shepherd is not always the loudest voice. And 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 as a Christian, as a sheep, one of God's sheep, you've got to realize to determine, you know what? I need to be still and know that he is God. You need to know how to shut all the other voices out and simply focus on the voice of the shepherd. I'm not turning there today, but in 1 Kings 19, Elijah, the prophet, he needs to hear from God, he needs to hear from God, and so he gets on top of the mountaintop, and Lord, speak to me, and it tells us that a great big loud boisterous wind blows through, and it's knocking the rocks everywhere. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what, what is it? And then uh, an, an earthquake comes through, and the ground shakes, and he's like, whoa, this is a, a loud experience. And then a fire sweeps through, and things are burning. And then after all these things, it tells us that, but the Lord was not in that wind. The Lord was not in that earthquake. The Lord wasn't even in that fire that broke out. But after all those loud, flashy, big things, it says, and after all that, there was a still small voice, a gentle whisper that came and spoke to Elijah. And out of all those loud things, the Lord was speaking through the silent, still small voice. And in your life, I know, especially the day and age we live in, you're bombarded by voices every day. And the majority of them are crazy and wrong. And you, as a Christian, have the responsibility to say, you know what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Turn that off. Mute this. Get away from her. Stiff arm him. Get away from these people. God, wait a minute. What is it that you're saying right now? And as a Christian, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Amen. He's going to speak to your heart. And praise God, as a sheep, you're responsible for listening to that still, small voice. And he will guide you. He will lead you. He will protect you. He will keep you from so much trouble because the shepherd leads us. What's another thing the shepherd does? Number two, the shepherd comforts the sheep. Is there anybody in here you've ever needed little comfort from? I mean, I believe that we all have. Praise God, the shepherd will lead us, but also the shepherd will comfort us. Psalm 23, verse 4, you might as well just keep a, a bookmark there or something because we're flipping back and forth all day long. Psalm 23, and verse 4, and I would encourage you that it would, be, it would do you a lot of good to memorize the 23rd Psalm. Who thinks that if you were to memorize the 23rd Psalm that it would do harm to your life? Okay. Who thinks that it, it would actually help your life if you memorized it? And it's not that hard. It's six verses. But I believe that if you just even just read this out loud to yourself every day, you would start to get this in your heart and it would do something to you. You'd get this revelation. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Have you ever been in the valley of the shadow of death before? Amen. I like that David says, hey, I walk through it. Some people, they set up camp right there. And they're like, well, man, life's hard. Times is bad. Everything's bad. We're just going to, I refuse to camp in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to walk through that sucker and get out of it. Amen. As I'm walking through, though, I will fear no evil. Why? How can you be right in the shadow of death and fear no evil? Why? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And of course, he says, thou art with me. If he's with you, you're okay. You're going to make it through. We may face some things in this life, but none of them are bigger than God. And I say this all the time, and I mean it. The devil can try his best, but his best is never enough for a child of God. Amen? And so you need to get that in your heart that He is for you. He is with you. And I love these words right here. I will fear no evil. Amen. It doesn't say there is no evil, it says I will fear no evil because guess what? In 2021, there's a lot of evil. It's everywhere, it surrounds us. It's evil, and it's everywhere. And, and, and why is that? Well, according to Second Corinthians 4, 4, Satan is currently the God of this world. Temporary. It's going to end someday. But as for now, man, people that aren't born again and don't belong to Jesus, they do a lot of crazy and evil things around here. But praise God, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, now that right there, your rod and your staff, uh, I, I've I've read about this, and I've been studying things this week, and and really, it's believed that the rod and the staff is referring to the exact same stick, and 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 on one end you've just got the straight end, the rod, and on the other end you've got the hook. And have you ever seen this when the kids do the little Christmas play? You know, they've got their little little staff and they come out here in bathrobes and towels on their head and it's cute it's adorable you need to be here at christmas but anyway so they've got it's got the rod and the staff and it may seem like a cute little thing but to the shepherd there was nothing cute about this thing it was a weapon for killing with and so on one end you've got the straight edge that the shepherd would use to fend off and beat any uh any uh prey that was coming against the sheep and in fact it's so powerful that David talked about in 1 Samuel 17. He was talking to King Saul. He said, "Listen, when lions or bears came to get the sheep, I beat them with a stick. I killed them." And I'm thinking, who in their right mind goes after a bear with a stick? Now I love animals. You guys know how much I love animals. That's partially true. I I, I tolerate animals. Okay, I'm I'm not like a lover, but I, I they're good. They're fine. And so, but I'll tell you this much. There is no way in the world that I'm taking on a bear with a stinking stick for a sheep. I'm like, dude, you're having lamb chops for dinner because I am not. No, that's, I'm not doing that. Okay? But David, the good, a, a good shepherd, loves the sheep so much that they'll take this staff out there. They'll take this rod out there. and like, I dare you to try to touch one of them. I will kill you with a stick if you try to touch one of these sheep. And I'm like, whoa. Listen, shepherds ain't fooling around. And then, on the other hand, we've got the staff. the ho- And what is that? Sheep are prone to wandering. Have you noticed that? That sheep, well, maybe you haven't. Probably most of us haven't grown up around sheep. Personally, I don't have a lot of sheep experience. But I do know that they wander. And how do I know this? Because I've got kids. Kids wander. You ever, anybody in here, let's just go there. Your kids have wandered. And you're like, where in the world? I put him right there, and now he's gone. I don't even know. What happened? They wandered. They go places and do things. And I felt bad till I saw uh, that Jesus himself, when he was 12, got lost for three days. And it turns out he was at church. But anyway, they, should, he, they find him. And he's like, you should have known I was at my father's house. Where would you think I was? They were looking at the playground. He was in the church teaching people the Bible. Anyway, praise God, but kids, they wander, and they do things, and uh, in fact, even uh, we had these things, and we got dirty looks for it, but they have, you ever see these little backpacks that they have a, a leash on it, amen? You can, I used to judge that until I had kids, Then I was like, wow, someone's a stinking genius, and so somebody gave us these little Mickey Mouse backpacks that had the little, uh, the little leash on it, and so... You know, hey, when I went, we went to see this ship down in San Diego, and I I I latched the kids up. I'm like, hey, you know what? People can judge us all day long, but I'm bringing three kids back, and we we took four down there. At least three are coming back. That's good. That's good. I mean, if I'm playing baseball, if I'm batting 750, I am a hero. I'm a beast. And so if I bring three out of four back, that is a win all day long. I'll take it. And so we strap the kids up, and sure enough, they go to wandering, and they can only run so far, and then whoop, they hit the end of their leash. And so what I'm saying about the good shepherd is, is that one end of this stick has got a hook on it. When, when, you know, when lamb chop goes running down the way there, boom, he grabs him and hooks him back. And some people are like, oh, no, that, that's mean. No, that's love. A lot of things that we misinterpret as mean is really the love of God trying to save your life from wandering off the edge of the cliff. Well, I don't like that the Bible says that. I don't agree with that part. And, uh, the, the preacher said this, and my sister said that. And, uh, and, hey, sometimes the truth hurts, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still true. Amen? And I serve a God that he will tell me the truth at the expense of sometimes hurting my fragile feelings. And I thank God for that. And so at one end, there's a stick that he will beat to death any predator that tries to get me. And on the other end, there's a hook where he can say, whoa, you're wandering off a little bit too far there, buddy. Get back in here. I felt, amen, I have felt that that, that staff bring me in a time or two. And I thank God that my shepherd loves me enough to chase me down and bring me back in. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, they protect me, and they make a way for me. And so I want to look at a verse here. Every year um, I ask God for a verse for the church, me and my dad do, and, 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 and the Lord gives us a theme verse for the year that we really live by, but also in my personal life. I asked the Lord, God, I need a a verse that I'm just going to focus on and stand on this year. And the verse that God gave me for 2021 is a verse that I've known since I was three years old. It's 2 Timothy 1.7. In fact, my dad even talked about that. So let's flip there if we can. 2 Timothy 1.7, praise God. Who in here, you already know 2 Timothy 1.7? Only the middle section? I'm not making fun. All right, very good. 2 Timothy 1.7, praise God. If you don't know it, now you know it. You're going to learn it. And this would be a really good verse for you to memorize. Very, very. This is top, top five verses you need to memorize. 2 Timothy 1.7. Praise God. And I'm going to read it in the King James because, again, that's what my little three-year-old brain memorized it in. All right? So 2 Timothy 1.7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear. But what? But of power and of love and of a sound Mind. That's the best news I've heard in a really long time because there's a spirit of fear loose in this earth today. But praise God, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You need to know this. The good shepherd has given you a spirit of power. If I've got a spirit of power, am I curled up in a ball afraid of what's going to happen next in this world? That's not a trick question. That's an honest question. No. No, I'm not. I've got a spirit of power. If I've got a spirit of love, do I hate other people and I'm mad at them and I blame these guys and I blah. No. I've got a spirit of love. But potentially my favorite out of these three is I have a sound mind. If you're crazy, this is good news for you. You don't have to be crazy anymore. Amen. If you're a basket, I'm not making fun. We've all been there. We all have some moments, right? We all have moments that we would rather not go back and revisit. But praise God, if you have been an emotional basket case, if you have had just emotional struggles and things going on, I'm not making fun. I'm saying I've got the gospel for you today. God has given you a spirit of power, of love, and thank you, Jesus, of a sound mind, I'm not crazy. I've got a sound mind. I don't live in bondage to fear. I don't live in slavery to sin. I don't let any of those things control me. I have a sound mind. I'm not crazy. I've got a sound mind. And so I want you to do something today that clearly we need to do. Can you stand up with me? Wait a minute. I thought this was like a a Pentecostal church. I thought these. No, stand up. Just do what I'm saying. Just stand up. Praise God. Nothing weird is going to happen. Some of you are like, what's he getting ready to do? No, 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 no. I'm trying to help you. That's my job, I'm trying to help people. And so we're going to quote this verse together, but we're not going to say it like we're preschoolers. We're going to say it like we're men, like, like we're women, like we're strong people. Amen. And so I want you to say this verse with me, and I want you to get it in your heart. Here we go. "...for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." "...for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." One more time. "...for God hath not given us the spirit of fear... But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Say this with me right now. Say, I have a sound mind. mind. Say it over here. I have a sound mind. mind. Middle section. Best for last. That's cute. All right, very good, guys. Now listen. Say this with me. I'm not crazy. I'm not mental. I have a sound mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise today. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. All right. You ABCD. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Now, why would I do something weird like that? Because I need you to get this in your heart. I need you to get this. I I need you to know that no matter what's coming against you, you have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of love. You have a sound mind. In fact, I was just reading 1 Corinthians just the other night. You have the mind of Christ. My parents taught me that when I was a kid, when I struggled in school, I'd say, no, I have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ can understand algebra. The mind of Christ can understand science. The mind of Christ can understand U.S. history. Whatever it is that you need, you have the mind of Christ. And so never again, adults, kids, everybody, don't say dumb things like, man, I'm stupid. I'll never get this. Don't talk like that. If you're struggling, say, I have the mind of Christ. And on top of all that, I have a sound mind. Mind. I'm not crazy, I'm not mental, I'm not just struggling, I've got the mind of Christ, I've got the wisdom of God, I have a sound mind, I've got the power of God on the inside of me, and the good shepherd wants you to know that, and one thing that you need to know is one of our major themes and keys around here, well, what's your church all about, hey, I'll tell you this much. I could answer that in a lot of ways. But one thing that I guarantee you that this church is about is teaching you to know scriptures for yourself and teaching you to speak those scriptures out of your mouth. Somebody called me on, I guess it was Friday. They're starting up a prayer group at their work. not This guy didn't start it. It's one of our church members. But some guys down there at the railroad were like, hey, we're starting a prayer group. And uh, do you want? we know you're a Christian. You want to come? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And so he goes and starts praying. And he's like, Pastor, I just, I didn't mean anything by it. I, I just started praying like we always do at church. And I started speaking all these verses out. Lord, we thank you that your word says in John 10:10 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you come to give life and life more abundantly. And he just starts spitting all these scriptures everywhere. He says, he opened his eyes and the whole circle was like, What just happened? I'm like, hey, all I can tell you is, if you come here, we will teach you scriptures like this. And we will teach you after that to speak these scriptures out of your mouth. And people may think you're weird, but it's not weird when you're the one with a sound mind. It's not weird when you're the only one down there that doesn't have a spirit of fear. It's not weird when you're healed. It's not weird when you're still married. It's not weird when your kids serve God, amen. So I'm telling you that you got to get this in your heart. This is the good shepherd leading you. Get these verses, get them in your heart and out of your mouth, and it'll change everything in your life. I mean, I've got, I've got time on huh? but, but in second grade, check this out. <laughs> I went to a Christian school, and so they, they asked all the kids one day, We all took turns praying for lunch, and usually, you know, you know, rub a dub dub, thanks for the grub, amen, or you know, whatever the prayer was, whatever. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Just you know, what? Just nice prayers. But one day, they're like, uh, "Little David, could you pray?" Pentecostal kid up there right now. You hear that? (laughs) Man, he's he's showing that xylophone who's boss. Anyway, so so they asked me to pray. And and I just pray like I've heard my dad pray since the day I was born. And so I just tear into this spirit-filled, Holy Ghost prayer. We thank you, Lord, that your word says in Exodus 23, verses 24 and 25, you will bless our bread, you will bless our water, you will take sickness away from the midst of us, and the number of our days you'll fulfill in the name of Jesus. I opened my eyes and the kid beside me just fell out. No, I didn't really have the. The teacher literally came up with pen and paper and was like, David, could you repeat that prayer? I want to write that one down. Seriously. And so they were taking notes. And it's not because I knew so. I'm just saying it's because your kids and you need to know the word and you need to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. That's the sword of the spirit according to Ephesians 6. And you'll start winning some battles if you'll speak the word of God. You'll start getting some healing if you'll speak the word of God. You'll start getting some blessing in your finances if you'll start speaking the word of God. Amen? All right. Well, praise God. Let's go ahead to number three. Check this out. We're talking about what does a good shepherd do? Number one, he will lead you. Number two, he will comfort you and keep you away from a spirit of fear. And number three, he emboldens us. He will make you bold. He will embolden you. And so we get a good picture of this in Psalm 23, verse 5. And we've read this a few times, but check this out. David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Man, that's a verse right there. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemy, he doesn't say, "You take me aside and put me in the back room in a safe space with crowns and and play doh to play with, and just and 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 nobody can see me there." And it, and you put on soft music and candles. And no, I don't even need God to do that. What does He do? He will prepare a table for me right there in the presence of my enemies. They got to sit there and watch me eating the bread of life. They got to sit right there and watch me feasting and they can't touch me because the shepherd's right there with his rod saying i dare you to cross that line i will kill you you will not touch this sheep and what does that do man that emboldens me like yeah he prepares a table for me right there in the presence of my enemies and so the enemy is not allowed right there in that table, right there in the presence of God. Check this out. Psalm 31, verse 20. I'm going to speed up a little bit. Psalm 31 and verse 20. And I'm going to read this in the NLT. Psalm 31, verse 20. And so we're talking about God protecting us, talking about the good shepherd making us bold. Psalm 31, verse 20, it says, you hide them where? In the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues, you shelter them where? In the back room? No. Where is the shelter of God? The presence of God. He shelters us in his presence. And, and we just had some good worship and stuff like that. But I'm telling you right now, it is vital in the end times that you know how to get in to the presence of God for yourself. That you know how to get in and say, you know what, there's crazy going on right now. I'm gonna raise my hands to heaven right now, and I'm gonna enter in to the holy place. I'm gonna enter in to the presence of God. Amen. I'm gonna, and and you can enter in to the presence of God anywhere. One more crazy story. I haven't haven't told this one in a while, but so one day on the way to school, our kids go to school in Victorville. I was, uh, you know, the 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 gaslight came on somewhere around Stoddard Wells Road. And I'm like, you know what? I got this. I got this. And so I kept going and right there, getting off on the Squally Road exit, I'm right in the middle of the intersection. It dies. And I'm like, oh, dang it. And so uh, I got to push the car through the intersection, and I didn't want the kids to be late, so we're running over that bridge right there over the 15. I get the kids to school, and then I, I when I get back, there's a, a a police car right there with the lights on. I'm like, wait, what do I do now? I just ran out of gas. And so anyway, I'm standing there, and, and, and I call AAA, but she's like, I'll wait for you until uh, they get here. Well, AAA took a while. I'm just going to be real honest. I, I still recommend getting the membership it's worth it, but they did take a while that day, all right, and so she's there, she's like, I'll just leave my lights on, so cars won't hit you in the middle of the intersection here, I'm like, thank you, you're awesome, wonderful, but after a while, I'm like, man, I'm just having a bum day, I decide, you know what, praise God, I'm just gonna worship God through this, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna take care of this, and so she's got her lights on, and she's just sitting in her car, I think she was playing Angry Birds or something, but she was doing her thing, and so I'm there, and and I'm like, praise God, and so I just Walking around the sidewalk, just lifting my hands. Thank you, Lord. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. It was at that point that every car starts stopping to see, man, what's this guy? What's going on over there? There's some action going on. I'm like, I wasn't like under arrest. I was just praising God right there. Amen. I was entering the secret place of the Most High right there on whatever that, Amargosa Road, whatever that. I was entering. You can enter the presence of God anywhere that you are if you know how to do it. And so I'm telling you, it's 2021. This isn't 1900 anymore. There's crazy things coming down the pike, people. And you need to know that the Lord is your shepherd. He will shelter you in his presence if you know how to get into the presence of God. And I'm telling you right now, it's not hard. You need to know when the Lord's your shepherd, I can raise my hands and praise him. I can speak the word of God out of my mouth at every situation. I can do whatever it is that he's calling me and telling me to do. But out of of everything we're saying right now, it all comes down to this. This may have seemed like a shotgun, like where did all that go? Listen to me right now. You need to know, the Lord is your shepherd. And because of that, you've got everything you need right there. You've got everything you need. But you need to learn how to walk in those promises and speak the word of God out of your mouth. The good shepherd, he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to protect you. But we're going to have to do things his way. If his voice and his spirit speaking to you, you need to listen. You need to listen. If the word is speaking to you, You need to listen and receive correction if you need corrected. Don't let pride lead you off the edge of the cliff. If you're wrong, you're wrong and let God fix you. Let God help you so you don't end up killing yourself. Listen to me. The good shepherd wants to protect you and lead you every step of the way. But we're going to have to do things his way. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we stand up together today? Praise God praise the Lord. We're going to enter into the secret place of the Most High right now. Let's raise our hands together. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we do declare that you are our shepherd. We have everything we need. We shall not want. You lead us To to those green pastures, you let us rest right there beside the still waters. Lord, our cup, it runs over. Lord, even though we would walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you're right there beside us. Your rod and your staff protect and, and 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 cover us, Lord. And we thank you that you anoint our head with oil. God, you anoint our head with oil and that surely goodness and mercy... They follow us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We thank you, Lord, that this is true and this is for us. Hallelujah. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up here today. Praise the Lord. If you're here and you need prayer for something, if you need some agreement, if you got something going on, we wanna pray for you today. And most of all, if you're here and you could say, well, that all sounded good, but if the Lord's not actually your shepherd... If you've never really received Jesus into your heart for yourself, your grandma, you know, she may have known Jesus, your dad, but listen, you've got to make the choice for yourself. Everybody does. If you've never received Jesus, don't let pride stop you. I ask you to come up and let us pray with you right now. Or maybe you did at some point and you kind of wandered away. Hey, the good shepherd's here today to say, come on, get back over here. He's pulling you in today. If that's you wherever you're at, you say, I I know that I'm not where I need to be with God. We want to take care of that. But if you need prayer for anything, healing, anything at all, we believe in the power of God. Let's take a few minutes here. Josh is going to lead us in worship. If you need prayer, come up now.
3: Jesus.
4: you